Hello everyone, it's October 4th, 2017. My name is Sutter Colloran. My name is Thomas Anderson. And today we're getting down to business with Eli Schiffman. He's a finance and economics major. Um, he's an alumni member of IBIS. Um, he's in the Business School Council and he is currently the Executive Vice President of Business Passers. Quite a professional resume, if I do say so myself. Um, Eli has held several internships in the past, including with GCA in San Francisco last summer. And he's going to be interning with Credit Suites this summer in Los Angeles. Um, so he's going to share with us today a little bit about his success at WP Carey, what he's done to organizations, and his experience in the different internships that he's held. So Eli, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Doing great. Good. I think that was the longest intro that we've had we've so ever far. had. Yeah. Um, but it you know comes comes with uh, there's some merit behind. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. So Eli. I mean, I, I really feel like I've talked to you in the past. I feel like I've gotten a lot of value from the conversations we've had, um, even though I'm not interested in finance. So I kind of want to make this podcast a resource for freshmen um, who are not only just in- interested in finance and economics, but are interested in getting internships, um, holding positions at like in the business school and like kind of what they have to do to accomplish um, or go along the same path that you have in the past. So we're just going to start off, um, and I want you to explain a little bit about what IBIS is, because um, a lot of people don't know that. I don't really know what it is per se myself. So if you could explain some of that, that'd be great. Sure. So uh, IBIS is the Investment Banking Industry Scholars Program. Um, it's a year-long program uh, that you get credit hours for, in addition to it being kind of like a club as well. It's hard to, like describe what it is. Um, But it's basically a career-focused program with an emphasis on uh, people interested in investment banking in the the high finance world and uh, helping them be prepared both technically and behaviorally for landing those internships on Wall Street uh, or in other kind of high finance worlds as well. So that's kind of like a a brief sum up of it. (laughs) Yeah, so we have a... uh, the program is student run um and it goes it starts in the spring ends in uh it goes through and then ends in the fall semester so right now they're wrapping up a class of it um and it's also led by a, a faculty advisor uh who has previous experience in the finance universe as well very cool so definitely a good resource for anyone that wants to get involved with finance ivis is kind of the the pinnacle of, of what, the, what, the, what they should be focusing on if they want to work on Wall Street, essentially? Correct. And uh, the applications are open now for the spring semester. Um, and they close... I'm not sure when they close. It could be the end of October or sometime in the middle of November. But normally, um, it'll, the process will wrap up by the end of November so that people will know going into the spring semester... Uh, whether or not they were admitted in the program. And from what I've heard from friends that have applied, I've heard it's kind of a daunting task. Um, there's the interview processes from, I, I mean, I, I've never applied, but from what I've been told, kind of strenuous. Um, it, you know, there's a lot of application problems during the interview. How, what is like the one piece of advice you'd give to someone that is gunning for a spot in IBIS? Sure. So um, I guess the, the strain at one point was making sure that your application was very strong to get the interview uh, because naturally there's just a lot of people applying so you have to dwindle it down. Um, 
but I guess it's become more strenuous now because this year uh, one of the essay questions was removed. So now there's really only one essay to kind of uh, demonstrate your proficiency uh, with investment banking and high finance in general. Um, but, you know, just killing the application, the written portion of the application and getting an interview, uh, the two most important things I'd say are um, know why you want to do investment banking because a lot of people have the wrong intentions when they're applying. Um, and then the second thing is know your stuff. And normally when I say this to people, I use a different S word instead of stuff um, <laughs> because the industry is very uh, doggy dog. Uh, you have to be very prepared. And so in, we can't take it easy on students applying because we have to basically treat them as they're going to be treated in the industry. Not obviously not to the extent that, you know, we're cruel or anything, but we have to be very rigorous and we have to be, have very, very high expectations uh, for everyone in the program because that's the way the world works. Right. So the application process in itself is very daunting and very critical of the people applying. So like, how about the program? Is that very um, extensive in like what you teach and like how you go about instilling that experience into the students? Yeah. So something that's nice is since it's student led, um, you know, you're being taught by someone that was in your shoes a year ago or two years ago, or even is currently in the same shoes that you're in, basically. Um, so you get the best training uh, because people have basically done exactly what you want to do to some degree. Um, I feel like if a professor just taught the entire class, there would be some gap between like the knowledge you have versus what some other potential applicants at Ivy Leagues or other very top tier target business schools have. So that's a plus. Um, the program while you're taking it is tough. Um, you know, there aren't too many exams, so it's not as you know stressful as like worrying about midterm season for IBIS. That's not the same thing, but it's always something that should be in the front of um, a scholars mind basically is the program because at the end of the day for them people interested in the investment banking universe it's all about getting the internship and the job um, so that's really what the program stresses too you're going to be most successful if you have that internship or a job and they want to make sure you're prepared for it so do you credit a lot of what you've done in ibis to getting the internships that you've held in the past like, do you think that you would have been able to get those internships if you hadn't had the experience being in that organization or that program? So that's a hard what if. Um, it's, it's a very fair assumption to make that uh, I could have been just in the exact same spot that I'm currently in had I not been in the program. Uh, IBIS is not the only way to get onto Wall Street, obviously. Um, the benefit is that it's a structured program that um, is designed to give students the resources to be successful. Um, people can you know, work extremely hard that are not in the program and get onto Wall Street. It, you know, I don't wanna say easily, because it's never easy, but there's no difference between someone in the program and someone not in the program. Uh, it happens every year that people who aren't in the program get onto Wall Street, and people who are in the program don't. So uh, it's really just giving you those resources to succeed, but it's not a surefire way. So I, I have no idea where I would be had I not been in the program, but um, yeah. Okay, so do you want to talk a little bit about 
the internships, or do you want to talk about something else, Thomas? I, don't... I just want to like go back for one second. Um, I know when I was a freshman coming in, I heard the the term investment banking, and I had literally no idea what it was. I mm-hmm. thought it was a company that literally made investments. Um, so, Eli, you're very, very poised in this area. Can you give us just like a very quick rundown of what an investment banking is? I know there's a lot. Believe yeah. me, I know, but like. What what would you give like a two minute rundown of that? Yeah, so my play for playful banter about investment banking is it has nothing to do with investments and nothing to do with banking. Um, basically, an investment bank is like a, I guess for lack of a better word, it's like a financial institution that provides some sort of either financing or uh, financial advisory services to companies. Um, so, for example, my past internships in the industry have been at smaller banks. Uh, that mostly do financial advisory work where they're helping companies decide um, if or how to best like position themselves for a sale to another company uh, helping them maybe they don't want to sell a hundred percent of their company so helping them get uh, a minority investment in a company uh, or then there's the other side which is what I'll be doing more of this summer um, which is helping companies either with an initial public offering, so going public, uh, helping them raise debt from like people that issue debt. So uh, that's something that's you need a bigger bank usually to do because a lot of times these big banks uh, underwrite the debt. So they basically uh, they need to basically issue the debt to the company first, and then they go off with that debt and sell it to people that are basically invest in debt. So it's more of like an intermediary between a company looking for financing or some sort of basically any form of financing uh, and the investor or uh, that source. So I guess real quick also, a a comparison is I always like to use real estate whenever I'm talking about finance because real estate is super easy like comparatively with explaining it. So an investment bank is to a real estate brokerage. firm basically so a real estate broker would be advising a buyer or a seller on selling their house or buying their house or helping people you know with their mortgage or whatnot um, an investment bank does the same thing whereas like uh, someone who invests and buys houses uh, what to flip them or to something else they're on like the principal side of the business and that's not what investment banks do okay so that's very interesting. That's a very yeah. good segue also to just talking about the internships in general because sure. it's hard, obviously, for people that have been in, in WP Care for a while and obviously people in Eli's position that might not, you know, see or, you know, or that know that many people coming into college or maybe people at WP Care might not know what these terms are and what these different businesses do. Um, so it's definitely really helpful. So could you walk us through kind of like last summer, your average day in, in your internship? Like, what did you do from start to start to finish? Sure. I guess I should, I want to backtrack too and apologize. I probably <laughs> confused confusing definitions with other confusing definitions. But Honestly, that's what finance is. That's what, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the way we like to sound smart and uh, mm-hmm. compete with, you know, math majors and other people by having confusion, confusing terms for really simple concepts. We so. have 10 terms for one thing. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thomas gets it. Um, <laughs> But so this summer, uh, a normal day would be getting to the office around nine. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Um, 
I would usually a lot of analysts would be in around that time. Um, so I'd be working with uh, the analyst on whatever they needed help with. Uh, I was staffed on specific projects. So these like financings I was talking about or helping a company sell um, a portion or all of themselves or helping them buy another company. So I was the main project I spent most of my summer doing was advising a company that uh, works in like the heating, ventilation, and air conditioning space on buying uh, another company. And that was a really big transaction, so it was cool to work on. But so my normal day, I'd you know come in at nine, work on that kind of stuff, um, or work on a side project that an analyst needed help with, uh, grab lunch. Um, What'd you eat for lunch in the average day? <laughs> average day, I'd go downstairs. There was a cafe on the ground floor uh, that was surprisingly really good, which is why I went consistently. Because um, it was just, it was really good. So, <laughs> Well, I mean, what'd you eat? Was it a yeah. sandwich shop? Was it I, Yeah, bagels? a sandwich. I'd, I'd have a sandwich or a salad every day. It's um, a good lunch. Sometimes I would go out uh, of the building, but... The cafe was really good. There was really actually no need to go out. So that's a smart thing for an investment bank or any company that likes having their workers in the office to do is just have a really good restaurant or place to eat in the basement or like the ground floor or something. That way, you know, they spend less time out of the office. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then I'd, I'd come back and, uh, you know, keep working away, keep grinding with people, and then... Uh, Usually, uh, my run was to go to Chipotle. With uh, uh, there's a lot, a few ASU alum that uh, work at this bank, and so I normally go with them or with the other interns that were there to Chipotle. I ate there like four days a week for dinner, <laughs> and then come back into the office and keep working until. Depends on the day. Sometimes it was good, and like a good day was like eleven. Uh, a bad day was like four in the morning. Uh, wow. And you had to be back at 9? Well, a 4 in the morning kind of day, you could get in at like 10. Um, oh, yeah, that's a lot. Well, it depends. <laughs> so the the time where I was uh, in the office one time until 4 in the morning, I had a 9 a.m. call that I had to be on. So gotcha. that's another thing that towards the middle and the back end of the internship, a lot of your time was also spent on phone calls um, just because that's actually the best way to learn about a company is surprisingly just being on a conference call with senior level people at the investment bank and then the owners or the really senior people at whatever company you're working with because those are the people that get it the most and so being on those conference calls was uh, really helpful. So just hearing kind of the, the language that they used or, or just knowing exactly how it's yeah mostly the business strategy um, because even though we like to think you know as sophomores and juniors that we're smart and that we could run a business like these people are like you're on a conference call and you have one idea for the strategy that they're looking for when they're buying another company or the strategy for like, like normally if a company buys another company it's because they want to grow in like a new area. So you might have one idea for how they're planning to grow and then they would verbalize on the phone um, the way that they're planning on leveraging the purchase and it would be something that you couldn't have even imagined be just because like you're not as experienced in the industry. Uh, so I learned a lot just by being on those conference calls. Um, so I always made a habit, even though I was an intern and didn't necessarily need to be on them, I made sure that I like was on every conference call that I could be on because I found that's where I learned the most. 
mm. just listening to the senior people talk. And did you ever speak up in any of those conference calls, or was it? So uh, over my internship, I don't think the buyer ever knew that I was on any of the call. Um, so we'll leave it at that. That actually, no, they did. They did. Um, they, I had been introduced to them like the first time. Um, but I never like normally you announce when you join a conference call, I would immediately join and go on mute, uh, and just have my headset on and just be working while listening to them. Basically. Um, I never had anything. I never like intervened or everything. Normally like people say like, yeah, your idea is important, but, um, I don't. I didn't want to be like a a, a liability. Oh, we can. In like oh, that yeah. case, where mm-hmm. like, in mm-hmm. the sense that I say something and I'm just like wasting people's time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might have been beneficial for me to say stuff, but I didn't want to like disappoint anyone, like any of like my senior people that were on my deal team. Gotcha. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. It makes sense also just to sit back and to listen to that and just to learn to like take it all in, especially yeah. for. Like someone who is still in, in yeah. college, yeah. You learn a lot by listening to these people that have like thirty years in the industry. Oh yeah, like yeah. And you listen a lot by listening to, uh, or you learn a lot by listening to Eli too. So it just kind of trickles down, I guess. Yeah. All right. So what about this summer? So this summer you said you're going to be doing the other side of it, or or a different part of investment banking. What is that going to look like? So Credit Suisse is a larger bank than where I worked at. Um, it, most people are familiar with them to some degree, maybe not. Uh, at least more familiar than the investment bank I worked at in the past. So there, there would be the stuff I would be doing would be more in line with what you would do if you worked at like JP Morgan or Goldman Sachs or Bank of America, those kinds of banks. Um, so I'm going to be in Los Angeles because I never had the intention of working in New York on Wall Street because I'm not really a big East Coast guy and I was more comfortable with finding a place where I could live and work for like no more than a a handful of years because i I feel like if i started in new york i would want to be out of new york as soon as possible um la i really like i've been there a lot and after being in san francisco i think i'd like it in los angeles even more Mm. um so that was my main goal was ironically to be in los angeles doing the best thing i could be doing for investment banking uh and then there's only like maybe a dozen banks in los angeles and of that half of them are uh, like full-fledged independent offices that do their own like deal origination and execution and don't really need to rely on any other location. The other half are more like satellite offices with like a handful of guys that are working there, mostly senior people. Um, so I, w- I lucked out with Credit Suisse. It was the first choice of where I wanted to go. Um, I'm going to be working in an industry. Well, it's called a I'm going to be working in an industry group called uh, Financial Sponsors, uh, spending most of my time. And that's working, advising the private equity groups or the investors. So it would be going back to real estate as if the broker, instead of advising, you know, one of you guys on buying a house, they would be advising uh, some real estate investor that owns a hundred different residential properties, let's just say, and like has a portfolio of residential real estate, they would be advising him on how he should, on like when he should sell a property, um, how like through the entire process of selling that property. Cause even though he's like smart enough to own all this land and knows the business, he doesn't have like the bandwidth to sell an individual property kind of thing. 
he's too busy focusing on everything else. So that is the group that I'll be working in, uh, which I think is really cool. Uh, that was like what I'm most interested in in the industry um, because you get to work with all these really like very high level intellectual investors that you know see things from a completely different aspect like I was talking about. And um, I think it's one of the most unique opportunities you can have in working in investment banking. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. So it'd be an understatement to say you're excited. I'm super excited, even though I tend to have a monotonous voice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's no place I'd rather be this summer. Um, that's awesome. Other than winning the lottery and, you know, on my private island. But that's not going to happen. You never or know. Hopefully. You never know. You could buy that ticket. And just Yeah, I should start playing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what... So Okay, so you're going to be doing the other side of investment, investment banking this summer. Um, this is kind of like the perfect storm for you. You're going to be in L.A. Credit Suites was your first choice. What happens? I mean, maybe this is looking too far down the road, but where do you go from there? I mean, this is where you want to be. What happens now? Yeah, um, I just my goal is to do an excellent job this summer. Um, get a return offer. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that, obviously. I haven't even you know, worked a day there. So I might go there, think it's the greatest thing right now, uh, and then be a little disappointed when I go there. I don't think that will happen, but there's always the chance, right? So, um, but assuming, you know, I love it, my goal is to just love it, uh, do a great job, and then get a return offer and be in Los Angeles doing investment banking. Uh, And then, you know, that's far enough down the future that I don't really want to think so far down that road. Um, It's pretty common in this group that I'm working in to then move to the investment side of things, uh, working for these like very intellectual investors, so to speak, uh, just because they both, they interact with them on a daily basis and they clearly understand their like motives because they're their only client. Um, So it's more common than another group in investment banking that in this group you tend to go to the investment side i don't know if that's my end route um it's an interesting opportunity but you know i haven't even spent a a day on (laughs) on the floor so we'll see how this summer goes and then i'll let you know in a year awesome that sounds good that's really cool so recreationally i mean that's what i'm thinking of right now like Obviously, you're gonna be working if it's the same as last summer. Some crazy hours, yeah. starting at nine, going late. Recreationally, what what are you planning on doing in LA? Working. Well, uh, besides that, <laughs> is there anything like? That's what he's excited for, Hunter. No, no I know. <laughs> so, I, I don't blame so him. I would be excited too. Naturally, you can't like be excited to be working all the time. Like, yeah, you can love investment banking, but you know, there's a there's a breaking point, um, and unfortunately, the industry seems to go beyond the breaking point from like. 99% of the human population and then that last 1% is probably actually crazy um, <laughs> because like so what I said you know that 9 to 11 thing that's a 7 day a week schedule that's not a 5 day a week schedule um, so there's not a lot of time for that recreational kind of stuff there might be a weekend uh, where I don't have to go in and then I don't know I would probably would just spend it on the beach because like you're in LA and you're going to be in an office most of your time. So it's, we like, we like to joke around last summer. We were, um, on the, the top floor of a building that had an unobstructed view of like 
all of the bay basically you could see on one end of the building the golden gate bridge on the other end you could see the bay bridge and so we like to joke around and be like in the office and be like wow it's a beautiful day outside like wow what a great day to be in the office <laughs> like but um that's the industry luckily like um i i value the work enough to to be there but that's why i said like going back to those ibis interviews like you need to know why you want to do investment banking because the truth of the matter is you're going to be in a beautiful office building with amazing views more than you're going to be asleep. Like, so actually that's the case in every situation. Cause you're always, uh, well, I know you, you get what I mean. Yeah. 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 That's very interesting. And yeah. I, I've never actually thought of it that way either. Um, so it's kind of interesting. They have that, that, that insight yeah. of being in that environment. Yeah. So you have to really love it uh, because if you don't love it, then you might, you, you might be like, uh, um, you might be worn out before you even get an opportunity to have an internship, and then that's bad. Like, yeah. So, that's interesting. Um, so I, we've kind of come full circle with back to Ibis. For someone who's listening, freshman or not, it doesn't really matter. Um, but for someone who's listening that wants to be Eli Schiffman, wants to be at their number one bank this summer in whatever city in a beautiful office building, looking out. 360 view of something beautiful. Um, what is a couple tips or one big tip that you would give them to get where you are? Know why you want to do investment banking <laughs> and know your stuff. Those, are the, those are the only two things you need to know to be successful. Because if you don't know why you want to do it, then you, know, you have to know why you want to be in an office for 100 plus hours a week, right? Um, hopefully that doesn't scare anyone away. Like It's some of the most meaningful work that you could do. You're not just spending, you know, 50 of those hour, hours, like, twiddling your thumbs. That's never the case. You're always busy with stuff. Um, but then, you know, if you're busy with stuff, you need to know how to do it. You, you can't hold back any company, especially when it's such a, a, a competitive industry. So you have to really know your technical skills. You have to know your behavioral stuff. Um, you have to just, like, yeah, you have to want it. You have to really want it. That's there's no no good advice. And also, I, like I should mention, I I see we're we're at this time, but I have nowhere to be. So so if there's like a time thing, don't worry about me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, it's it's up to you, Thomas. You have anything else for Eli Schiffman on this wonderful Wednesday, Tuesday? What is today? Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday. afternoon. Wednesday, August. Before it was August. October. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, you know, I've heard a lot about Ibis and your internships. And it's some of the most interesting stuff I've ever, honestly, like learning about investment banking and finance. That's what, why I'm in finance. It's the most interesting stuff I think there is on this planet. Um, how are you enjoying your finance classes? I guess we can kind of go away from yeah. Ibis. I mean, we are in the same finance class. I'm not taking any other classes, are you, for finance right now? Not at the moment, no. Yeah. Um, I like it. Uh, so this is something interesting, too. The Ibis program prepares you better than anything else for your finance classes so everything that we're learning in our finance class right now we you know learned at a very accelerated rate in ibis so our professors you know explaining it very quickly but in more detail than you would get in ibis but you still have like those strong fundamentals um so i mean i like my finance classes i've only taken three but uh Good so far. Good so far. That's yeah. good. Yeah. How are you feeling about uh, Fin421 with good old Bhattacharya? Yeah. It, I, I think it will be, I mean, it has been a good class. Uh, fixed income 
is I'm most interested in fixed income conceptually, okay. but I'm worst at fixed income, which is the first section of our class, so we took a test on it. Right. So I'm actually happy that we're done with that to get okay. into stuff that I'm better at so that I won't have to work as hard, hopefully. Okay, for sure. We'll I'm that. actually applying for an internship with Edward Jones in their cool. fixed income trading position. That's so really like, interesting. That's interesting. And that's what Bhattacharya did like for, yeah. what, 20-something years? Yeah. So like, I don't know. It's really interesting. Um, fingers crossed that I get an interview. Yeah, yeah um, that's really cool. But yeah, so Hunter, what? Can, well, could you explain to the view, the listeners what fixed what income, fixed income is? What, what the hell is fixed okay, income? Okay, so <laughs> if you've heard of a bond, you've pretty much heard of fixed income. That's the most like simple way I can put it. The reason it's fixed income is because you usually get incremental and consistent payments from the bond, if that makes any sense. Right? Correct me if I'm wrong, Eli. You know a lot more about finance than I do. I hope you know more about fixed <laughs> income than I do if you're applying for the job, right? So I've been doing a little more research on it and like trying to like bulk up on it. And basically, you're getting a coupon payment from the bond, which is not a coupon payment like 75 cents off of OJ. It's like you get a percentage off of the face value or par value of the bond, and you use that to like kind of leverage some things. So yeah, that's what fixed income is. I feel like this... Uh... This podcast is really going to deter anyone who's not <laughs> Looking into finance. a finance or econ major. Like, this is too complicated. I'm just going to stick with whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that's pretty much what fixed income is. That's very interesting. Yeah. I know you're in Capital Investors Association, Hunter. I am. So what? what is that? So it is a club that I'm not as active, isn't it, active in it as I'd like to be. Um, but mm. it's something that I've always been really interested in, just capital markets um, and just investing in general. So I joined last year. I've gone to only one meeting this year just because my schedule, it doesn't really fit my schedule that great. Um, but it's, I mean, I would recommend the organization to anyone. Essentially, they meet every Tuesday at I think like 8 o'clock and they talk about um, different things going on in the markets, different things to look out for if you're investing in certain companies or in certain currencies or whatever the case may be. They're a bunch of super smart guys. Every time I go to the meeting when I, I do get to go, I learn a lot um, because they're just super intelligent They've all made money investing. They've all planning to do some kind of you know form of finance in the future, um, and I have no interest in finance per se. But um, I'm interested in you know personal wealth and, and and that kind of thing. So definitely a good resource to go to. And I mean that kind of goes for everything, right? It's not just capital investors. If you're interested in a certain topic, um, if it's your major, or if you just I don't know want to know more about <laughs> something, um, join an organization that's about it, and you'll gained so much resource from it. It's unbelievable. And not to bash um, high schools or high school organizations, but let's say you join a marketing organization in high school. Um, not going to call anyone out. DECA. I'm just kidding. Um, but let's say you joined DECA in high school and you felt like you weren't learning any real marketing techniques. It's completely different in college. Mm-hmm. Joining a like the marketing association at WP Carey, I guarantee you're going to be learning some valuable things you're going to be using in your major, um, in your classes, and in the field you're going to be going into. Absolutely. So it's just completely different. And I think that goes for everything. IBIS, FMA, Capital Investors Association, whatever IBCC, it is you're interested in. All that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, so unless you guys have anything else, I don't know, Eli, is there, is there any, anything else you want to share with the viewers? Anything else you think that they should know about your personal life, your professional life, anything? I don't know if they he, should know what, what they should know about my personal life. So, so Eli loves Chipotle, and he wants to try the queso. And he does magic. That is a fact. No, no they're called, what, illusions? No, th- yeah. Well, both are correct terms. I just mm-hmm. don't do tricks. 
Gotcha. You're, tricks. Oh, you don't do tricks. Tricks are for children. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Tricks are for you're, kids. Or is it like performances? What do you What do you call them? I don't know. It's just a joke. I'll call them tricks too. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. I just like to throw uh, a joke in whenever I can. Honestly, at one of the, one of the days you're at the office and you're working. You're in there for 16 so, hours. Just do a magic trick. And no, then... so that's a good point, which I never brought up. So I've applied for uh, – I shouldn't say I've applied. I've applied for too many. But <laughs> I've gotten – I've interviewed with three banks over the past three years. I you, – you, we didn't mention, but, I mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, I interned at a local bank as well during my freshman year. Um, not as, like, interesting as the other two from, like, a – uh, explanation standpoint but um all three places I had magic on my resume and they're like oh magic or whatever and so they're like do you have any magic tricks on you and I always made sure to have a magic trick on me during these interviews and I you know performed a magic trick for all of them and I like to think that's you know one of the reasons why I was you know chosen what kind of magic trick do you do in an interview uh, you don't saw one of them in half, do you? What do you? No, no. So hand. I do, I do close up magic, sleight of hand, uh, card and coin stuff. Um, that's just what I'm most interested in because it's really intimate, intimate with like one or two people. Um, so I can show you guys something if you want, but like that would be great. Yeah. yeah. Do you have like a coin or something? Yeah, I I have a few coins on me. We can we can do something after. Ooh, I'm that excited. would be great. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah I'm actually really excited. <laughs> but no, that that's definitely like a good point. Um, I guess it can tie, kind of tie this back to like a tip for the youngsters, the kids listening to this. Um, definitely have something that differentiate differentiates yourself from the crowd. Um, whether that's a skill or a language or in Eli's case, sleight of hand. Um, it's always good to have something that kind of sets you apart from the competition. Because they'll remember you after that interview. I'm sure they remember the kid that did a magic trick. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, as far as professionalism goes, it it goes without saying that you always want to have something to stand out. That's what my parents told me and, like, every single person. Surprisingly, you know, if you ask someone, like, as a freshman, if you ask a lot of seniors, you know, if I had asked seniors when I was a freshman, should I bring a magic trick with me? Probably all of them would have said no. But looking back on it, like, if you can do anything memorable, uh, as long as it's not being memorable because you're looking like a fool so to speak like you clearly don't get it and that's why you're memorable but if you can do anything to stand out you know do it make sure that it's mentioned in the conversation you know so for this last interview they all went to like the very end of the time so I couldn't even in some of the because you have multiple interviews while you're like out there uh, for a super day it's called like for three of the four I just ran out of time like us talking together uh, that I couldn't ask them any more than one question without like someone pushing them out of the room and having the next person come in. But then with the fourth person, like we had an extra five minutes and it was a little awkward. And so I was just like, you want to see a magic trick? That's, <laughs> that's all I said. Like, you know, they didn't bring up magic. I brought up magic because we had five minutes. You know, we could have been talking about the markets or we could have, I could have showed a magic trick and what would have been more memorable. Um, so I did that. Right. Very cool. That's, yeah. that's, I mean, that's... Yeah. But that doesn't mean, you know, awesome. go out and learn magic or yeah. else, you know, Just for an my skills will be debunked because <laughs> everyone will do it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, make sure something that makes you unique stands out and then write a thank you letter and, and make sure that in the thank you letter you mention something that you did in the interview or talked about in conversation so that they'll remember you. Absolutely. I think there's four takeaways from, from this podcast. Okay. 
So know why you want to do investment banking. Mm-hmm. Know your stuff. Don't be afraid to stand out. Be unique. And then number four, send a cover letter or send a Sunday thank you letter. Yeah. And yep. that's extremely important as well. So Thomas, do you have a quote? I do. you have do. a quote for us? So this one is from Oscar Wilde. And he says, to live is the rarest thing in the world. Most people exist and that is all. That's awesome. That is it. Great. All right. Well, thank you so much, Eli. This was a, a very valuable podcast. I feel like I think I've very learned a lot. actually, yeah. Um, I, I'm excited to see your magic tricks. So we're going to get into that. And thank you guys yeah. so much for listening. Thank yeah, you. Thank you, guys.